Hey, how you doing? Welcome to talk. Welcome on in. Happy to talk about some college basketball, some Kansas Jayhawks news notes, the happenings. Uh, halfway through the year, huh? <laughs> One half down, another half to go. Here we are in June. Welcome on in Believe and Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Entertainment Network. I believe it's going by now, something along those lines. Your number one network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And here's what I believe. I believe I owe you, whoever's listening to this, an apology. My apologies for not getting after it. I know it's been two off weeks without recording. You know, sometimes things just catch up to you. Here's we're entering the summer months. It's warming up. And my recording had cooled. You know, you come off that high of a, of a national championship, and sometimes you got to take that, that little holiday after. That's what I'm going to go with. Maybe I entered my own NBA draft process, and now I've declared that I'm back. So here we are. Uh, no one was really clamoring, so I'm not too worked up over it, <laughs> to be honest. But ready to go and excited. So Kansas Jayhawks. Jonas Nordman, ready to tackle all that's been happening. And there is big news to get to. So really quickly, the social medias, if you want to get after me, if you ever want to be like, uh, where the hell is an episode? Twitter, at JoeNasty90. Instagram, at JonasN. And is it Nancy? 310. Twitter, Instagram, send me snail mail if you want. I won't tell you my address. So what's happened in the last couple of weeks? I want to get right down into it. And I'm going to start with my first true real gripe with NIL. I'm going to start there. And then I'm going to get into sort of the updated landscape of the college basketball world. Now that the deadline for the NBA draft withdrawal or staying in has passed really quickly, since I'm sure you've seen the news. This is not necessarily the big breaker that I'm going to get into for today. But Christian Brown, congratulations. He is indeed going to stay in the NBA draft. We'll see where he goes. I think he could sneak into the back end of the first first round, I should say. Uh, basically, it's gone as we predicted. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm a genius that I really read the tea leaves on this one that I have my sources. Based off what people said, based off my eyes, based off the drafts class and what each player was doing, not, not to mention what's going on with the name, image, and likeness nonsense that is happening out there in the college basketball world. I thought Christian Brown could make it first round. I figured Jalen Wilson, despite the nice G League camp, probably still had another step to go and being in college in Lawrence on the heels of a national championship makes things a little bit easier. Uh, this is not new news. This is not anything I haven't said before, but Jalen Wilson, of course, is about to be a redshirt junior. As I've said, I feel like Jalen Wilson has wanted to be a pro for a while, now, a while now. I don't think he envisioned being in school this long, but with, we'll call it the legal money, and the image and likeness stuff that he can make, a little cashola, it smooths things over. He can really improve his game. Uh, the newest Jayhawk that we know about but don't know a ton about, Kevin McCuller, stays with the Jayhawks. Or 
stays in the Big 12 and will join the Jayhawks. He withdraws his name from the draft. I saw the videos. The freshmen have moved in. The teams are together. Uh, they're starting to do scrimmages. They're starting to do like barnstorming tours. So that means that Grady Dick, MJ Rice, Ernest Uday, all in the house. Beautiful video the other day. Um, it might have been last week. It might have been earlier in the week where Grady Dick, Dick moved into his new dormitory where all of his studying is going to happen. He's going to get f- many A's, I'm sure. I was going to say he was going to pass his classes with flying colors. And I was about to say he had flying A's. But maybe he'll fly through the air with many dunks this year. Uh, but Grady Dick walked into his dormitory and there was a note. Oh, so nice. From Ochai Abaji saying, go get it, young man. And believe in you. Got great things ahead of you. <laughs> Real tear to my eye. Most beautiful. Ugh. Anyway. So the team is together. The roster is set. No more scholarships. Looking at you, Joseph Yesifu, Cam Martin, Kyle Cuff, Bobby Pettiford. The time has come. It is a new era in Jayhawk basketball. All of a sudden, the name brand guy at the top of the marquee is Jalen Wilson. No more Ochai Abaji. No more David McCormack to kick around. No more Mitch Lightfoot. It's been a long decade of Mitch. The the page has flipped, right? This happens when you follow college athletics. It's a new era. It's the Jalen Wilson year. It's the Grady Dick, perhaps one year, one to two years. Who knows? MJ Rice, Ernest Uday. You know, these are the new names to get to know. Bobby Pettiford as well. Like I said, Bill Self said last year, this is the next great Kansas guard. This is the year that Bobby Pettiford stays healthy and takes perhaps what could be a a big sophomore step. There's a lot more of that conversation to come over the course of the doldrums of the dog days of summer. But I want to start with something truly shocking that happened June 7th, just five days ago as I sit here recording this. Headline, Durham, North Carolina. Head coach Mike Krzyzewski. No, no, got to get used to that one. Head coach John Shire and Duke University announced a new hiring and a new position that will probably sweep the, the college athletics landscape. I'm sure we'll see a lot of this to come. Duke hires former Nike, comma, NBA staffer Rachel Baker as general manager to aid players with NIL. First and foremost, initial thoughts, surface level. Really cool to have such a high-ranking black woman on such a high-profile team and program. She's going to have a ton of influence on the Duke basketball program, which is really saying something. She's going to be overseeing the NIL opportunities for the players, for the Blue Devils. Uh, Quote, she's going to enhance their personal and professional skill sets. And I'm sure she's going to broker a lot of their deals. These are young kids. These are probably kids, despite coming up with cameras in their face on the AAU circuit and whatnot. Probably a lot of them need a little polishing. Probably probably don't have a lot of experience in the art of a deal. Well, 
I guess the jokes write themselves right that one, right? With everything we know and everything we're about to get into with Rachel Baker. But the art of a deal and money here to go there and who to sign with, blah, blah, blah. They, the jokes write themselves. But on the surface level, again, awesome opportunity, high-ranking position for a woman with a huge sporting background at Duke basketball. Really cool. And you say to yourself, a general manager of a college team. Interesting. This is now, I mean, why beat around the bush, right? We know this. College athletics, college basketball, college football, certainly. College baseball to a degree, other programs here and there, tennis, gymnastics, whatever. You know, these are big business. Let's not beat around the proverbial burning bush. College football, college basketball, especially big business. Why not have a GM like a pro team, right? So Rachel Baker, is she going to be a Jerry West? (laughs) Is she going to be a Danny Ainge type? I think it's going to be a little bit different. But yeah, this is something that I certainly see going across college athletics. Why not have that NIL manager if you're if your program has the budget and has the office space, why not? We remember when John Shire was playing. I do. The 2010s, early 2010s, he won the 2010 National Championship, a title that Kansas probably should have won. But, you know, I never saw that guy as like an agent, although he did go play professionally at in Israel. So, again, jokes write themselves. But, you know, he's a college basketball coach. He's a he's a former player. This is not a guy who's I gotta stop brokering deals because who knows with college athletics. But here's where it gets really sick. And I don't mean sick as in like casual, like, oh, sick shirt, bro. No, no, like the overt, disgusting, laughing in our faces that this hire is implying actually makes me just shake my head and go, tisk tisk tisk. Who is Rachel Baker? If you followed the FBI nonsense, if you followed the stuff with Michael Avenatti, former lawyer, guy who's now imprisoned, <laughs> second conviction was involved in the recruiting world, Rachel Baker is someone that he outed, and I believe this is the part that I'm speculating on that I didn't read deep enough. I believe she was a part of like Duke and like Zion and things of that nature. But the thing that he certainly implicated her on are messages from Rachel Baker, who worked at Nike, and of course, Nike and Adidas, they all the shoe companies do this, but they set up, you know, the, the tournaments, the youth basketball tournaments. It's a Nike event. You get the coaches there. I'm sure there's a lot of nonsense that went down and goes down at these events. But Rachel Baker was very, very clearly talked about as someone who was writing about being nervous about carrying huge amounts of money through an airport. Where was she bringing that huge amount of money through an airport that she was so nervous about? She was carrying money through security 
to an EYBL event. That's the Nike Youth Basketball event. Are you freaking kidding me, Duke? You straight up hired someone. You hired a bag man. Check that. You hired a bag woman. Don't come for me. <laughs> she, uh, this is someone who straight up was funneling and doing the dirty work of all of that BS from five years ago. This is someone directly involved with all that. This is someone who's carrying bags of cash to players, to teams, and making connections. And if you want to say, big whoop, we knew this was happening. You don't want to if you want to play if you want to poo-poo it, I should say, about Kansas, then this shouldn't be a big deal. Now it's more legal, not a real term, more legal. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. You know, now she's doing it legitimately, is, is the way to put that. Fine. But if you thought Duke was gonna get rid of the Coach K stench and roll on and John Shire was gonna be a white knight of a Duke program that hey, maybe I'll. Maybe it's okay to sort of root for them now. No. Get out of here. I think what I'm most disgusted with is like clearly the Bill Self, the Kansas stuff. You know, let's call the Arizona stuff even Louisville to a lesser extent. No, Rick Patino was more than just the FBI stuff. It's just a witch hunt, right? It's it's annoying that like the, the trial was talking, and I've talked about this before, and everyone's joked about this. The text messages and all of that talks about Zion being offered supposedly 20, Zion Williamson, of course, being offered $20,000, what have you, to go to Kansas. But, you know, the guy went to Duke just because of the culture, I'm sure. It's a witch hunt. It's BS. It's picking who you want to go after. And once again, I appreciate the fact that at least two years ago, Kansas stood there, put their two middle fingers up to the NCAA and the whole thing and said, you know, stick it where the sun don't shine. Because it's all such a farce and it's all such a fallacy. And of course, KU goes on, wins the championship this year. Mark Emmert has to stand up there blubbering along like the idiot that he is, awarding the trophy to the Kansas City Jayhawks. And now I think he stepped down, maybe for health reasons. So best wishes, Mark. So read about it as you will. That's a ridiculous story that Rachel Baker got hired for that position. Genius move to create a position like this. Maybe don't grab the back of my head and just really rub it in the nonsense as hard as you did, Duke. It was a bit aggressive on your part out there in Durham. So I had to get that. Off my chest, had to talk about that, had to shine a bit more light. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show, but by being the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show, that means we cover college basketball as a whole. And that's a big college basketball news story that broke five days ago. Now, let's get to the more fun part, which is the stuff that happens on the court and where we stand. Uh, let me know everything about that we just talked about. If you have any thoughts, concerns, questions, at Joe Nasty 90 Twitter at Jonas N310 on the gram. I don't have a WhatsApp. So the withdrawal or drawl deadline has come and gone. 
And here is your landscape. The big newsmakers that came back, Jalen Wilson, obviously. But Drew Timmy, man, that guy just has no NBA prospects, does he? He is not going to play in the NBA, Drew Timmy. Probably been the best college big man the last two seasons. You know, give or take his teammate Chet Holmgren last year or whatever. But in terms of the guy for college, seasoned vet, Drew Timmy, got nothing going for it, does he? He'll get paid to play basketball. It's going to be overseas. So he said, whatever, I'm just going to go back to Gonzaga. I love Spokane. So he's back with the Zags. Uh, Trevor Keels, that's an interesting one to go back to Duke. Really couldn't shoot it at all last year. Um, oh, sorry, he has until June 1, but he's on the fence. We'll see about Trevor Keels. I don't know. I, I this Honestly, I'm still stuck on Drew Timmy. I find that crazy. Uh, Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCullough, those are the big ones for you as Kansas fans. Uh, Marcus Sasser, maybe not a name that stands out to you, but he's a really good player. Houston is going to be really tough to deal with. And Marcus Sasser is right there, a big part of it, part of why they are so good defensively. And for a team that is so good defensively, Sasser adds sort of the offense that they need. Close to 20 points per game. So just if you're wondering where Kansas stands, at least nationally, here is your, at least ESPN for the time being. This is what I'm looking at at the moment. Way too early, top 25. Uh, North Carolina stays at number one. They will get the preseason hype. Mostly what I gathered from these rankings is that the rankings and the, the top teams are the teams where you have known quantities. So North Carolina brings back four-fifths of the starting lineup. We know what's happening there. Do I buy into it? I'm not sure. Much like UCLA last year, I still think you judge a team more on the huge sample size as opposed to the three-week sample size where anything can happen. The randomness of six games doesn't convince me as much as the gritty, down and dirty, day in, day out of the November through mid-March of the regular season. And during that portion of the year, North Carolina was aggressively mediocre. Maybe they take the experience of what happened in March and they go full throttle. We'll see. That's the beauty of a season. Houston, number two. Kentucky, number three. As Shavir Wheeler and Oscar Shibway have come back, you add in two high-touted recruits and Chris Livingston and Kaysan Wallace, as well as a transfer from Illinois State. Go Redbirds. Number four, UCLA. Johnny Juzang is gone. Jaime Jaquez, surprisingly to me, came back. Again, I'm not sure about his NBA prospects, but much like Christian Brown, I could see him finding a role, yet he came back. Uh, Tiger Campbell is back for what feels like his 80th year, the point guard. They added number five ranked recruit in Amari Bailey, as well as a top ranked center recruit in Adam Bona. Would love to see Grady Dick and Adam Bona go at you. 
Uh, the team that I truly do believe in, and I've talked about it a few weeks ago, is Creighton. I think the addition of Baylor Shireman from South Dakota State, along with the known quantities, if we're going based off of what we know, I did love what I saw from Creighton. And over the course of that regular season, this was one of the best defensive teams in the nation. That's a fact. Then you get Arthur Kaluma, who maybe takes that next step as a scorer. And if Shireman scores at a higher clip moving into the Big East, then I think you've got a really dangerous team. Uh, the Zags now sit at number six. Kind of weird, right, not to see Gonzaga prematurely ranked either one or two. Kind of like it. <laughs> uh, here's your first Big 12 team. This starts a run of a couple Big 12 teams within the top 11. Baylor at seven. They bring back a lot. Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, Flo Thamba, which you already knew. Uh, now, Matthew Meyer, the old mulleted weirdo, did transfer out. They bring in the number six recruit in Keontae George, as well as Jalen Bridges, a name you might remember, transferring from West Virginia. Much like Kevin McCullough going to Kansas from Texas Tech, Baylor also brings in uh, a transfer from within the conference. Nasty. <laughs> uh, Arkansas drops from the night of the national championship, number one, all the way down to number eight. I think they got hit pretty hard by guys staying in the draft. Duke checks in at number nine, scumbags. And if you were wondering, ESPN, perhaps as a courtesy to the national champs, puts Kansas at number 10, dropping from number eight, which I find interesting considering that Jalen Wilson and Kevin McCullough are back. Again, this sort of goes to the what we know. And Kansas is going to have a lot of unknowns. Freshmen likely to play big roles in Grady Dick, Ernest Uday, MJ Rice, Dewan Harris, now playing without other reliable scoring wings. Then, of course, there's the question marks of the big man, which we'll get into. Uh, if you're wondering, Texas is... Noted at number 11, big note, one I hadn't mentioned yet, I talked about and I sang the praises of Tyrese Hunter. The kid out of Iowa State was looking at Kansas, talking about transferring within the conference. He goes from Iowa State, not to Kansas, obviously, but he goes to Texas, to which I now say, eh, who needs Tyrese Hunter? Kid sucks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's a great story. They also returned Marcus Carr, which is a big deal, as well as Timmy Allen. Add in the number four recruit and Dylan Mitchell. All right. Had a lot of talent last year, though, didn't they? Anywho. Um, <laughs> so if you were wondering, a lot of people are projecting Kansas' starting lineup as this, and this is going to be your cliffhanger as we end today's episode. Dewan Harris, Grady Dick. Kevin McCuller, Jalen Wilson, and I've seen, depending where you look, uh, ESPN has Ernest Uday as your starting center. A lot of people probably believe it'll be Zach Clements. I believe there's a name that is not being mentioned as much that you should probably keep on the front part of your lobes. The name starts with a K. The last name starts with an A, and I'm obviously talking about KJ Adams. I'll get into that next time we chat. 
And if I don't, remind me. (laughs) Uh, Take care, everyone. Enjoy your week. Summer is really upon us. Yeah, going to get into some lineup talk and why people might be forgetting about the athletic freak out of Austin, Texas. That's right. So uh, stay safe. Stay positive. Test negative continued. That still is happening for the most part out there. I know we kind of forgot. Uh, But otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe. I think that's YouTube. Regardless, share also. I will speak with you later. And as always, rock on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.